Hey everybody, and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my two, well, my co-host right here. How are you doing, Polly Presenza? I am Moovelous. How are you guys doing this fine evening? Fantastic. And we've got John Ward here. How are you doing, John? I'm good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Um, He's like the up-and-coming guy into our triumvirate of of uh, movie reviewers here on Indie Film right. Cafe. And I feel bad for him because he's the guy like that. Like, secondly, will be like, "Hey, do you want to come on?" And you'd be like, "Like last minute," and you'd be like, "Sure." What he's about like, oh god, I have to watch he's this. He's building his rep one brick at a time, baby, and all of a sudden he's going to be up on the the 155th floor on top of both of us. Well, I mean, if 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 you guys are Paul and and John, then I'm I'm Ringo. So you know that's. That. <laughs> oh, nice! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> even though my name's not spelled like a J O H it, but it's cool. Like I can be I, I can be John Lennon. You know, see, you can see. be Ringo. Uh, I'm down with that. that I love Ringo. So, but everybody he, loves Ringo. Well, not everybody, but you know, there's a good there's no Ringo a, a, fr- a friend of mine is is a drummer and he hates Ringo. So yeah, I'm not a fan. Well, of Ringo. But I but I love Ringo. I I think it's great. I love Ringo. He's a star. He's actually my second favorite Beatle. So come on, you didn't catch that, did you? I said oh, he's, he's a star. star. Come on, star. that was funny. Got it. Got it. Jesus Christ, I'm. I'm losing out. You know what? These jokes are just as bad as the movie. You we just missed watched. it, Mr. Ward, because we had him starring in one of the movies we reviewed. And that was um, Sextet. Oh, that's right. Ringo oh, Star was in Sextet? that. Oh, mm-hmm. I've never seen that. Yeah. Well, now Every you need to watch old it. Old dinosaur, you know, washed up wannabe '70s musician was in that film. So who was, who was the lead of that? Oh God. Timothy Dalton, poor Timothy Dalton. No, no, Dalton. what was the girl? What was the lady's name? Oh, no. Oh, the creature? The was creature like who resurrected herself? That was, that was the shambling corpse of Mae West. Yes, Mae West. Oh, jeez. Okay, now now I know what film you're talking about. Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, it was... Paul likes to find these movies that have, like, all these big-ass stars in them that have, like, cameos in them, like Wonton Tom, the dog who saved Hollywood oh, and shit. Wonton Tom was cute. It's funny. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about those movies. We're here to talk about Uncle Sam, oh a movie that uh, might might be up there as like dreadful comedy of it. It, it had a lot of sort of B-movie cameos because some of these folks were in there for like 10 seconds. Yeah, we'll get into that. But yeah, uh, yeah so uh, I picked this uh, because, hey, guess what? It is 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Yeah. So it'll be out on 4th of July. Where it's not actually Fourth of July here right now, you know, it's actually March. <laughs> why? Why do you ruin it? Why do you ruin it? Because it's Pie Day. It's International Pie Day. It's yes, scene, it's also Blowjob and uh, Steak Day. I thought it was American Pie Day because I, I put my dick in a pie. Can you guys tell where our minds are just by those comments alone? I'm thinking about eating pie. Come on, chocolate. And mine's on blowjobs and uh, you know. And mine's on having sex with a pie. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. That's where all our minds there are going. There you go. That that encapsulates the three of us but it's perfectly. But it's cherry pie, which is the traditional 4th of July pie. So at, at least I'm patriotic. You're patriotic. Yes, well, there you go. 
And we'll talk well, about this. Well, I, I covered my penis. I painted it like a like a flag, like red, white, and blue. And then I, I put it inside the hot cherry pie. So, yes, I'm very patriotic. I'm very American. That's a very American Crickets. thing to do. All yeah. right. All righty. Well, uh, we'll be Audrey talking about this movie in a few, few seconds after we listen to some mood music. He said penis. And we are back. And uh, this is going to be a wild and willy episode. I can I, tell. <laughs> wild and willy. Um, I, right. th- I think we're just trying to avoid talking about the movie. I, you know, probably. <laughs> um, so this isn't your first time seeing it, John, I, I assume. Second. Second time. Second time. This was actually my first. Really? Yes. I'm surprised. I know. I, I've known of it and I had. Um, seen it at the video store because it had those ventricular um sure you know uh d or was it vhs covers where they kind of make it like hologramish and stuff yeah, you, you turn it and it, it yeah yeah but then um you know uh what is it uh and and uh, jack frost was the same way which this is very jack frosty so mm-hmm. um the uh, uh, box for uh, the Bird Dimmick trilogy is that way. You you turn yes. it and the, and the eagles flap their wings. Well, that's all they do in the movies it anyway. Probably spent just as much in the special effects as as uh, uh, Nguyen did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, uh, Paul, was this your first time? Well, here's the thing. I rented this movie back in the 90s and I tried to watch it and I couldn't get past the first scene because I thought it was so dumb. And after that, I just never went back to it. And, um, and then uh, now you know why. And now I remember why. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, yeah, scene, the first scene with the, the, the yeah, all the military shit was just terrible. You know, that was the first scene, right? I don't think I remember. Like I saw it. Yeah, with uh, uh, William Smith. Yeah. Yeah, he's in there like, for ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, he's probably your like your favorite B movie actor. I feel he's like you're, yeah, one of them. Like we and we've had he's movies. Got that voice. Yeah, we've had movies where he's on there, and I know. feel like he was almost cast just because of his voice, just because he had that raspy thing. So you know, oh, check the body tags and blah blah blah. Go do that. You know. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. Well, I think he's a military guy too. In real life, but he was yeah. only there for for you know 15 20 seconds at most yeah and oh then, yeah one day they, they just paid him for a day god not even a day <laughs> an hour yep so there you go so but the, the thing that pissed me off about it is okay it's establishing the idea that there's this downed helicopter with our our character in there this is before he becomes who he is and you know, typically this is done to sort of either foreshadow or explain the weird shit you're going to see later on. But it doesn't really do that. It it explains sort of where he comes from and maybe why, but definitely not the how. And it doesn't do a very good job of explaining anything. First of all, that one guy figures out that it's quote unquote friendly fire really awfully fucking fast, like 30 mm-hmm. seconds, which is not generally how it's done. Then William Smith's character doesn't seem to give two shits, which also in the military, trust me, is not how it's done. And then thirdly, 
dead motherfucker all of a sudden wakes up and starts killing people like it wasn't no thing at all and then just goes back to being dead and then makes a bad joke on top of it and i'm like okay that tells me everything about this movie what's going to happen i'm gonna have to suffer through stupid shit and an unexplained paranormal bullshit that is never going to tell me why or how this happens yeah that's pretty much it you kind of nailed it right there that's the first scene said it all man that's the I, uh... I, I i see it slightly differently uh i think that one it's got a good director and it's got a good writer um mm-hmm. on the film you know larry cohen and, and uh hell yeah and yeah a good director <clears throat> and a great writer you know because yeah. i feel like larry is a little bit better than william like as far as those yeah uh, goes like and a great right and a great director in his own right yeah he's yes. a great director yeah. in his own right um, um they the, like I said, I, I think that they have probably had William Smith for a day. You know, they brought him out in the morning and then they they shot his stuff at night as they prepared the helicopter and everything. That was probably all one day. And they just had to get all this information across. So as as far as filmmaking goes, I they're just trying to get across all that information in, not, in the first two minutes. But as a mention, viewer goes, I could see where Paul is, is coming yeah, from. Yeah, and not to mention the fact this is not the first time these guys have worked together. This They worked together. I'm pretty sure they both worked together on some of the Maniac Cop movies. Maybe, yeah, maybe I think so, yeah. later. But yeah, they definitely had a thing going on. Yeah, I mean, they were friends. I mean, and like, you know, it, it's that circle, you know? A lot of those guys worked in that circle. There was a lot of people who, you know, William Lustig, from what I've understood, wanted uh, Reservoir Dogs or one of the Quentin Tarantino movies back in the day and try to buy it, you know, buy them from him. Um, But Tarantino was like, nope, (laughs) you know, like, I love you, but I want to make this and I want to sell this to, you know, Tony Scott. And, you know, and this one went to Oliver stone so kind of made the better deals because so, yeah and then you throw in like some of the cast william smith's in there pj souls is in there robert preston's and there's all kinds of folks in there isaac hayes so it kind of sets you up for this to be a much better movie than it turned out to be yeah <clears throat> i totally agree so uh i guess we really kind of did the backstory we kind of know who's well, did, but... just to let you guys know, yeah, Larry Cohen did write uh, Mania Cop 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So um, they worked together. They were good, probably good friends and good. I don't know, you know, how it how it all worked later, you know. There, there, you can tell. I mean, I was telling Moody off before we started the show. This movie, to me, felt like a little bit of Maniac Cop mixed up with a little bit of Jack Frost. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's yeah, it, exactly. In fact, that's the uh, what I was going to compare it to. I was thinking about that today is why did this film not turn into a franchise when they could turn the Maniac Cop movies into a franchise? Because it is kind of the same thing. You know, the Maniac Cop was not a good cop. He was a sadistic cop. And then he dies and comes back and starts killing everybody. And this guy's the sadistic Patriot Army guy who, right. you know, but if those... you show your but during the national anthem you're going to die those movies were a lot more effective this one felt very very half-baked and i was telling moody somewhere along i remember reading someone said that this was an old script that larry cohen had written back in the eight in the mid 80s and never liked and didn't have anything to do with it so somewhere along the line somebody said well we've got an old script maybe we can make something out of it and it just it just there was just no saving it 
I mean, that that's very possible because phone booth was uh, Hitchcock was going to direct it and then he died. Um, I've got an answer for you about the uh, franchise thing. Shortly after the film was released on video in the United States, Apex Entertainment wanted to greenlight an, uh, Uncle Sam 2, but the plans fell through. So just Apex? Just, Apex uh, Entertainment. I don't know them, but. Oh, I, I know them quite well. Yeah. Oh, they, do you? They, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, mostly a VHS company back in the day. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, also, they, this is... they did a, um, I'm sorry, they did a, uh, cause I just thought of it. Uh, I think it's called like Time Barbarian with Mark Hamill. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Carrie Fisher is in it. One, one of the two is in that because I know he's in Time Runner. Yeah, she's in it, Time Runner. Yeah. So I think that, and, and I, I'm pretty sure Apex released it, but I think it's called something like Time Barbarian and one of them is in it. That sounds that sounds and, fantastic. And then, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of Maniac Cop with a little bit of Jack Frost on there, but it also it seems like it's got this 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 fad, this formula that was going through the eighties and into the early to mid nineties with supernatural slashers, especially if they are involved with a holiday. And it's like someone said, you know, nobody's used Fourth of July. Let's try to shoehorn in something into Fourth of July. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I don't I don't think it would have been as bad if, if he just wasn't such a dick. You know, that that's and we've talked about this before, that that he's a dick at the beginning, is a dick in the middle and he's a dick at the end. So maybe if they showed him before the war and, and he's with his son and he's patriotic, but he's a good guy. You know, the dog runs up to him and he pets the dog and he's got the white picket fence with the flag outside. And he, you know, he's a good guy. But then he sees somebody maybe like stepping on the american flag and he's a little err because he's so patriotic but he's not like a total asshole it's only when all this stuff like the friendly fire and all that stuff happens it's like what has my country done to me and then he comes back right and then he starts off as a child molester for god's sakes so how do you how do you root for someone like that but at the same time there's really nobody else to really root for because everybody else is such a schlub well, yeah, and, and and yeah, according to like the sisters and stuff, he was like brutal and evil and and yeah, and, and it's just like once again, I, I just I don't get why you would make somebody so hateful. Right. Y- you know, you you could yeah, maybe they should have just modeled it more after Maniac Cop in a way, but he just so doesn't. There's no you know. one to identify with, nobody to root for, and that's problematic, especially when you've got a, a script that's supposed to be a horror comedy, but again, there's nothing really horrific about it, and there's nothing funny about it so i mean so the only thing i i could think of is like the kid right the little kid who who idolizes this guy right like he idolizes his uncle he thinks his uncle is this awesome guy because i don't know he sees so many great things from his uncle and then when he comes to find out his uncle is a terrible fucking person he should not have been you know he should not have been rooting for his uncle he shouldn't have been like and at the end he doesn't like his uncle at all. In fact, my, my friend Vittorio came over to watch it. We watched it last night and we were, um, uh, was it last night? Uh, no, it was two nights ago. We watched it two nights ago and he was, um, uh, he was all upset because they were burning GI Joe's at the end. And he was just like the whole time going, Oh my God, I would love those things. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, you know? that's another thing, too, with the kid, because let's face it, 
he was a jerky little twerp for most of the film, although he does finally have some growth when he finally decides to believe his mom and aunt. I, I that was yeah. another problem. I got the two blonde women confused all the I time. I did too, because... and I didn't know that, like, she did not act like his mom. No, I couldn't tell what was going on. She did not act like a mom. She acted more like, like a sister like a sister, like an older mm -hmm. sister too. So like, I, I thought that was supposed to be like, they were all siblings or something, but they weren't. They were, I think mm -hmm. it was a mom and an aunt and it just came off weird. And the, like maybe Larry Cohen wrote it as like sisters, you know, mm -hmm. and then they just didn't do it, that. It just felt in. very vague and half baked. And same thing with the, with the, with the military stuff. Part of it felt like they were talking about Vietnam and then part of it, they were felt like they were talking about the Kuwait War, like and part Desert of it, Storm, or yeah, Desert Storm. And then part of it, they were talking about the Korean War. Yeah, and I and I was getting very confused, and it just felt like there was just a lot of stuff that the script wanted to address, but it didn't really manage to pull together a coherent narrative. You know what? It might go back what to your mean? idea before, Paul, that you told me. I don't know if told me on the show if you told me like earlier beforehand but you're like that that you think this was written way before you know they actually you know right so like maybe he so. wrote it uh larry cohen wrote it when it was about the vietnam war and stuff like that or somewhere else korean war other times and then all of a sudden like it just got lost like nobody corrected the script and you, fixed you, it you up could have made that the problem was there were a lot, and especially in the 70s and 80s, of returning Vietnam vets going nuts and killing and folks. So, I think I heard once that William Lustig did not want to do that. Ever. Yeah, like, and, and I, that, that, was, that was definitely done to death. So I understand them wanting to do something different, take it in another direction, and maybe kind of do sort of a supernatural thing about it. It's just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like this got worked on nearly enough. Well, I think that they needed to make a decision, is this a horror film or a comedy? Because when you look at something like Serial Mom, you know, John Waters. Yeah, that's a and, comedy. And, yeah, and, and the mom sees, you know, like somebody throw a cigarette on the ground instead of in the trash, and then she goes and kills them. It, it, it's because it's John Waters. It's funny, you know, because mm -hmm. that, that's the whole point, is that it's ridiculous. But in, in this, it's like they, they couldn't decide if it was a comedy or a horror movie. The kid annoyed the shit out of me. I, I didn't even oh, like yeah. how the kid looked. Mm -hmm. I mean, he looked emaciated and, and his haircut was awful. And, and he just, the kid really bugged me. I mean, most kid actors are horrible. And and, and so he, he wasn't hideous, but the, the whole thing of, of just the the brainwashing and like indoctrination and, and all that stuff into the military, you know, and then him like smarting off to his teacher, you know, when, you know, well, my, you know, you'd say you're a coward type of thing. And, and it's like, okay you little shit you, you know what the fuck do you know yeah but well, the thing about that that very first scene that's the problem that's some of the main problem i have with it is that it is set up so that you think it's going to be one of those wise cracking you know villain monsters where he's saying a bad joke they after tried that kill. though they they tried it but there they, was one point consistent. where he says a joke i think it was when he was in the um the helicopter or whatever, you know, with, with the down helicopter in the in Kuwait, he says a joke and I and that was it. And, and I was, was like, it. oh, so it's going to be well, yeah, this yeah. kind he, of movie. He says friendly fire. Yeah, because yeah. he hears them talking about the friendly fire. He then shoots the guy. And then I, which is weird which is because, because if I'm in the helicopter 
the guy's like here, but William Smith is like way back there. And, and, and he shoots the guy, which for some reason is the magic bullet that killed Kennedy yeah. and made a hard left and then killed William Smith. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to shoot anybody accurately when you've got a body right in front of you, unless they're like two inches away. Yeah, yeah, it, it was just weird. I actually rewound it, and I'm like, no, he's if the guy is right, you know, is right to the side of Uncle Sam, William Smith is like way over here, so it had to shoot him here, and then continue that way. It's like the they they didn't figure out where will it's like William Smith was there on a different day or something and they're like uh just have him stand out in the open and, you know we'll just shoot that or uncle sam is a hell of a of a pool player cuz he's figured out the angles he, all he has to do is bounce the bullet off of the guy's bone somewhere and it'll go off at the right angle Twing! yeah, yeah I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just like like you know and pool right <laughs> um but you're right he only he says like don't, uh, don't be afraid it's only friendly fire you know or whatever and it's such a cringy scene and then i'm like okay so this is bad. this is the movie it's gonna be and then they later don't even follow through with that because he doesn't even do those jokes the rest of the time yeah in fact you don't really see him doing very much of anything other than skulking around with a mask on a because it's much cheaper and, and then b he, you know, he doesn't really say very much of anything, which is no. probably good. Yeah, it's probably he good. He shakes a lot of hands. Him. Yeah. He does talk to that one kid that's disabled, you know, or whatever, in the wheelchair and talks to him and tells him he, like he's he there does, for him or something. He does present the magic ability to be exactly where he needs to be, even though you just saw him up there like that like sack race kid. The, the guy who does the, the, the <laughs> yeah, keeps pushing everybody that yeah. I did think was kind of funny. That was he's funny. That going, was a good one. Cause he's not even hopping. He's just running in yeah, the bag and just bagging. knocking everybody over. But um, he, it, he falls like down a fucking hill and rolls like a half mile away from everybody. But lo and behold, there's uncle Sam waiting for him. So somehow he had some kind of precognition and, and magical, you know, traveling ability that he instantly pops himself there. And then what really gets me is that in that scene is, you know, he's still in the fucking bag running or trying to move around. I'm like, dude, you're out of the race. You can get out of the bag now. It's perfectly legit and just walk. You don't have to hop. <laughs> it's too tight around his neck. And, and, and I, I have to admit that I did laugh at the blind burn kid. I, I, once I realized that he was blind and burned, I did laugh. So, John <laughs> was like, "Look, I'm the fucking Brian Kipple kid." Ah! Well, I, I really was like, "Oh wait, so he got like fucked up with fireworks?" I'm like, "Dumbass!" So I, I did laugh at him. So it's it, it's. But what was that character's utility? Why was he there other than to bring in PJ Souls? I don't understand. Yeah. Normally that, <laughs> that was stuff... a that was a to bring in PJ Souls. Yeah. Like give her a character because... she has not played ever. Like right. which I otherwise... love. I love that. Like I absolutely thought PJ stole her scenes because I'm like, this is PJ Souls. I've right. never seen her be this like annoying, like ass, you know, bitchy fucking mother who, you know, is you know, right? She does it so well that I'm just like, I love it. Like I love seeing her. So I was okay with that the problem is the kid barry there's there's no reason for him to 
be there. All of the stuff that he does, his utility could have been done by the, the original kid, the first kid. Mm. You no. Know? So that, I was very perplexed as to why that one was even there in and the I, first place. And the other thing is, why did Sam talk to him? Like, why did Sam come to him and say, I'm going to destroy all these people? I, because he didn't know. Because I, I think that he, because the kid was, because it was at the 4th of July festival that the kid was, they did the botched fireworks. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what blinded him and burned him. So yeah. he's done, the kid's done nothing wrong. Instead, the 4th of July did him wrong. And so I think that's where Uncle Sam showed a little bit of compassion for him. And, and, you know, is is like, you know, dude, this wasn't and your fault. I would buy that, except that we see Uncle Sam killing people who never did nothing wrong to nobody. Like the right. one girl who was in the, the the smoker, you know, she goes off to do a joint and then she gets caught and then he... Ah, well, he, at the time that was illegal. Yeah, but she doesn't actually smoke it. She gets, the cop takes it from her. And, then and she he's going to smoke back. it later. Yeah, she goes back and then she finds the head there and she screams and he just fucking shoves her head into the smoker to kill her she didn't do nothing wrong to nobody she yeah didn't know him and that's the maybe thing. she wasn't smoking you know the the meat correctly which i don't think why would that be a why is that a travesty on oh because he July? needed the meat cleaver well no he wanted but, the, he wanted the he meat already cleaver. had it though he took it he already had it because remember she came back to the smoker and was like where did no, the where cleaver go yeah so yeah, yeah. So I yeah I agree and and I was watching that scene actually thinking of you Paul because you this is what this is what you hate about slashes sometimes is people killing people with no real rules to it right mm-hmm. or whatever so like say I'm just gonna kill this little girl because I can you know when I think it really, was the pot that 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 was the pot well what did have to do is- why would they have her smoke it? You know, why would, they, why would she go to smoke it? These slasher movies have a utility in that they are doing the things that we all wanted to do in some level or some form, which is revenge, getting revenge to people that we don't like, people who've done us wrong, the popular kids, the rich people, whoever, whoever it is. The bullies, people, yeah, the that bullies, kind of thing. They, they do that. They, they fulfill that sort of wish fantasy for us. It's when they start killing randomly people who don't deserve it that's a whole other fucking different kettle of fish. Well, the the thing that comes to my mind, and it's not even slasher, is is Jurassic World, the first one, where the woman who is supposed to be watching the two kids, and and one of the kids was uh, was in in Insidious that Jonathan and I found out, but at the very end, she has the worst death of anyone, and she didn't do anything wrong. She was just trying to help these little kids. She gets ripped in half. And then is eaten. Nobody in the film gets ripped in half and eaten. It's like, what did this chick do? She did nothing. She was just doing her job being a babysitter. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that film, but I assume it the dinosaur does that. Yeah, it's like a pterodactyl or whatever pterodactyl. Yeah. And then there's two of them. Doing yeah, a, a pterodactyl there. I mean, it's yeah, it, and it one grabs her by the, like the by like the top of her hair, then the other one grabs the feet and they pull her in half. And then a dinosaur from like uh, the water comes up, and they drop the bits inside it, inside its mouth. Yeah, that, that that's wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, yeah. That... <laughs> and, and that that I can see like that did that doesn't bother me because it when when it's human behavior and everything, and people are thinking like you know um, like with 
with real like uh, revenge thoughts and everything like that. That's one thing. But when it's like animals, they're going to animals are going to act like animals. They're going to rip things apart. They're going to attack oh, sure. random people. They're not going to. It's not because the you know, just because the script tells them to. It's because there's, you know, no chaos but already. To, but the script has to be written. And, and the person who wrote that script said, oh, I'm going to give her the most violent death in this entire, well, have in you this ever entire seen, film for no reason. You ever seen Boondock Saints? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know the you know the cat scene? No, I, I saw it like twenty years ago when it there's originally a, came there's out. a scene where they're they're all playing around and one of them has a gun and the gun goes off and shoots a cat. Moody How is, terrible. Though. Like I was like, ah, don't like that. Like whatever. But I listened to the commentary track and Troy Duffy, the director, was saying how much his uh his uh like roommate's cat was like being obnoxious to him one day and he just decided bye bye kitty like on a like just it is you know in his movie because he couldn't actually do that in real life and i actually started thinking about that that's why a lot of scripts people do shit like you know baby oh i've always wanted to rip my babysitter in half i'm gonna have it in a script where a babysitter gets ripped off in half you know mm-hmm. shit so i mean uh, it's that's where i would go with that um it was with uh larry cohen to bring it back to to uncle sam is the fact that maybe the girl smoking the pot he was thinking you know people would you know pot smokers are you know the well, devil that, yes you know? I, I think that's absolutely it, I, it is I, it was illegal at the time she went to go smoke pot and she wasn't supposed to be doing it so i think it. he just did it because he was a jerky character you know, it just it's outside of his realm of revenge. And I'm not even sure revenge is his motive. I don't really know exactly what his motive is, because if it's revenge, shouldn't he be going after the army? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it, it's so he's the way I would have saw it originally was that I thought he was going to go after anyone who wasn't patriotic, who wasn't celebrating America, right? Exactly. In some way or another. So they're not. So maybe the girl cooking the the food, if she's not doing her job right or something, and she's not giving people the right proper food. Okay. No, it's it's pot. That's why they had her smoke. That's she was going to smoke pot. That's the only reason. Yeah. But she doesn't. He takes it from her before. Yeah. So she doesn't even smoke the pot. Like, why did she? No, but but, but she it's it's. The guilt principle. by association yeah i mean it, it, it's the it's, thing yeah so, she she was gonna do it so right. yeah i mean i guess every because everybody else the guy on stage who was singing you know the national anthem like roseanne Barr, and then farts he gets killed the, the yeah, guy's not doing the sack race correctly so he, he was killed. being disrespectful to the and even the song. that doesn't make sense because again he was killed by his own tropes so you figured he'd have a grudge against America and against people who are patriotic. That's true. <laughs> so it, it just it just the whole thing feels. But they even said happy. they even said it was sort of an accident. Like it wasn't. He just got caught. Well, it's that friendly well, fire. Friendly fire is the fire, an friendly fire yeah. thing. So like, well, I mean, it was always. Well, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. But yeah. It, it... There, there were certain folks who got fragged in Vietnam. It would say otherwise <laughs> but i'm just saying i'm just saying like it, it was it was not they didn't do this to kill him to kill him they, it was an accident 
he was just caught once again, wrong place, wrong time. He sort of, you know, got killed or well, not killed, but he was almost killed. Then he goes and kills, you know, the people and then he dies. And now he comes back and he's, you know, he's patriotic. He wants to, you know, how does he come back? Why? And what is he? The fuck is he? He's a, a zombie. He, yeah, they're, they're, I guess it's just people not being patriotic brings he's, him he's back. He's just like a, so much of a jerk that he he's able to make, will himself back to life. Well, that's why you almost need. That's why you needed like two sequels. You needed a prequel, and then you needed like the third, like an actual sequel. So then we could see him in the parade waving, you know, and then then when he sees somebody being, you know, like being a jerk, he point at them and be like, hey. You, you know, but not being a total dick, but just being, you know, hey, you're being disrespectful. Um, we needed that. And then him playing with the kid and everything. We needed oh. something because even if it was something way in the beginning where you could have said, okay, we're tracking this this helicopter down because they got some experimental drug that we don't really know exactly what happened. And that's why the quote unquote friendly fire happened because they, for some reason, they just wanted to see what was going to happen. And this experimental drug ends up bringing him back to life later on in a way that nobody foretold. That at right. least is something, no matter how implausible it is, but at least it's something that explains why that happens. Or you, know I mean? you could you or you could even steal Return of the Living Dead thing where it was like, you know, he's in the morgue and some kind of experimental thing there just accidentally brings the person back to life. Something like that. I mean it's that simple. Just do something, but they didn't do anything. It's just like you okay. just rose so, from the so dead. here's why you're not getting any of what you're asking for. The film was made for two million. <laughs> I mean, even two million. That, that's why that that's why you're not getting anything. They spent money on that helicopter to tow it out into the desert, and that's why they had William Smith for a day. That's they had why Bo you're Hopkins not getting... for probably a day. For, well, yeah, he was probably a whole day. My, my yeah. argument against that, John Ward, is that. The production was actually decent on this. It wasn't perfect, but it was actually decently produced, decently shot. The the you know the camera work was fine. The the sound was good. It was competently made. The big problem right. I have with it is the free part, the writing. You know what right. I mean? Well, and we don't know what the what the original script was. I mean, if Cohen did write it back in the seventies, it was supposed to be about the Vietnam War. And and we know that the guy's a good writer, and that most of his films are political in some sort of way. I mean, even uh, I wish it's alive is political. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't understand the stuff that his stuff is very political. Yeah, and, and yeah. so maybe this was, and they just went, you know what? It's I looked at the date; it's nineteen ninety six. Let's just do a slasher movie. You know that, yeah. and, and there is, and like the political stuff is is thrown out. All right. So I'm going to go through some of the cast real quick that not all the cast, but like some of the some of the names. So obviously we talked about William Smith and William Smith was in Get Getovin and, you know, um, ton uh, of a ton of million movies in the 80s. Red Dawn and, you know, um, tons of movies. Um, oh, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend. And so understandably, in the first beginning of the movie, he was the great. He was the major. <laughs> um, then the master sergeant, Uncle Sam. Is David Shark uh, Fralick? That's his name. Shark, I guess, is his nickname. And he was a stuntman, you mm -hmm. know. So that's why he was there to play Uncle Sam. Makes sense. He was a stuntman. Um, Christopher Ogden was the boy Jody, and um, 
God, they even he... name him after a girl. I know. <laughs> I think that he was supposed to be a girl because he acts like he act like a girl, you know, um, very much. But um, yeah, he 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 was for for a kid who's going to join the army. Wow, yeah. <laughs> he looked like he should go off and join Greenpeace. And it's such a weird trippy thing, you know. It made me think of the Jody kid in um, Phantasm. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh, he was also in. He also played young Stevo in SLC Punk. Oh so, wow! Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, so I, he went I, to continue I, I his career and actually like movie. did more. You know, did SLC stuff. Punk is great. Yeah, yeah. It's a great film. Um, then uh, I guess uh, Sally Baker, which I'm guessing is the mom. I I, I don't know which one Sally, which one was the other. Yeah, you know, because um, I think Luis. Was the other one okay? So Sally was right. the mom. She, she was played by Leslie Neal, who was in like Gremlins Two, Honey, I uh, blew up the kid, um, a few different movies. Um, yeah, she I don't was know. On Seinfeld, as I recall, and uh, Star Trek. Sadly, Uncle Sam was one of her last movies. She did one other movie as an anchor, and I guess just didn't work out as far. Maybe she got a family. I don't know. I don't know her her story, so I can't. Can't go around to say. Uh, <clears throat> Bo Hopkins, we all know and love. And Classic, he played the sergeant. Yeah. And I actually really liked him in the movie. Um, I kind of wish there was more of him in the movie. You know, what do you guys think of? Well, yeah, I, 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 I mean, well, he's awesome. He, he's he's legend, of course, just like William Smith. Right. But it, uh, but Bo Hopkins actually had a real career. I mean, William Smith yeah. was more B movies, but but he was like the thing back in the 70s. But that's even with his character is you saw when he's back in his hotel room that he just wanted to fuck them off. You know, that's right. his thing, you know, the grieving widow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's why I'm here. So I would have liked it more if it was anti-military. And yeah, the thing about it with Bo Hopkins, you know, where we're catching him now towards the end of his career when, you know, all of his best kind of days are behind him. Sadly, the same thing with PJ Souls. I love PJ Souls, but you look at her and I'm like, man, this was the hot teenager in Halloween and, and rock Carrie. and roll high school. And now she's right. And now oh, she's Carrie, a frumpy mom role in in this in 1996. I'm yeah. like, man, I feel old. <laughs> I, I, I've always wondered about that with with not so much with men, but with like women actresses. Like if they start off playing like a teenage girl, right? And and and, and then all of a sudden now they're playing the frumpy soccer mom, you know, with like the three kids and and they've gained weight and everything, and and it's just like. Like, I, I've always wondered how they handle that, like going from not well one extreme to the other. That's the thing is the typically the roles for women, especially if they've started off based on their looks and that doesn't last, you know, those roles end up shrinking over time. And that's all you've got left is right. the sort of frumpy older lady roles. You know, you generally don't get to have a career as soon as you start to lose the thing that got you into it in the first place unless you also happen to be an, an amazing actor and that's a whole different thing if you're meryl streep you're still going to get roles but not everyone is meryl streep right but she still looks like meryl streep you can go back and look at her in the 70s you know like sure. I, I think it's like woody allen was like one of her first films you know one of his and she still looks like meryl streep hey i mean look at it this way jamie lee curtis just won an oscar jamie lee curtis still looks great jamie lee curtis is another one who started off as this gorgeous ingenue who's put in so much time and uh, so much of her life over this she never got recognized at all till finally 
finally the academy came through for her but how many years did she have to go through before she finally got some due well you know well speaking of woody allen uh, speaking of woody allen uh the actor the next actor is matthew flint who played the uh share uh like the uh deputy guy the guy that steals the joint and and is in love with the uh the i guess the uh ex of uh uncle sam but he was in husbands and wives mm-hmm. you know good movie and he was in um swimming with sharks and good movie. Was in that tv show sliders so he's had a pretty good career good for him you know that's another thing the women in this man were they cold I mean, cold. Like, well, they were like both kind of screwed over cold. by this Uncle Sam yeah, guy. They were abused. There was definitely stuff going. There was, going there on. was more, and which I, then, I give them props. Don't for, date. Don't date. Well, I, I give mean, them props for kind of showing trauma and um, victims yeah, and and yeah. doing that in 1996 because that was something that wasn't as talked about sort of as like these, these women could have been in like, they were scared. Even they even said like, even in death, this guy scared them, you yeah. know, I, 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 right. totally, I totally bought that. I, you know, maybe they could have been a little bit more forthcoming about that sort of thing, at least to the sheriff guy. But, you know, I, I totally understand where they were coming from. Well, I, I forget which of the guys said it, but I went, Ooh, when he said it, which is like, Something I'm I'm gonna misquote the thing, but somebody goes something like, "Oh, it's really beautiful outside," and then the guy looks at one of the sisters and goes, "Just like you." And I went, "Oh, oh, uh," and she even cringes too. Mm. So it's like, so it's like, dude, you're doing too much. You're, you're, yeah. you're stop, stop. You know, just she's already you know like all kind of weird with you touching her because she even says, "Don't touch me." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like, stop, just. Just, Let her just, do what she needs to do. Yeah, when when it gets to be too much, like you're like you know, like see, I can and that's see where the guy should have grabbed her, and then Uncle Sam could come up and cut his hand off and go, "You're too handsy." Well, and then that's the other weird thing. If this guy has a history of physically and emotionally abusing these two women. When he comes back from the dead, don't you think they would that would be the number one priority for him? But he doesn't do that. He doesn't. Well, do no, that but they even him. say like it that, you the know, fact that they're there. They said, you know, wouldn't you be going after, you know, your girl or whatever? Like you're like at one point. But like that's after he's already killed like a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. who have nothing to do with with anything with him, you know, and everything. So I it it. It's logic and stuff kind of confused it's, me, but it's very half baked. It really is. All right. So well, then, then okay. Well, hold on. <coughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that maybe one of the uh, the sisters should have died. You know, so at least he 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 takes out one of them, maybe the wife, mm. and and then you know because she's the one I think who says like don't touch me and, well, and all that, that type of stuff is that's up the Andy would have actually given it some horror and it would have definitely given the kid reason to all of a sudden change from you know worshiping this guy to holy shit this fucking guy sucks i want to stop him you know what i mean so yeah, yeah that that would have worked okay and so you said louise was the other the other one are you sure i really got the two confused they looked so similar they acted very similar i they're similar in age i think they had the same haircuts, the same hair color. Yeah. Really could not tell them apart. Well, she, uh, the uh, Louise Harper, 
uh, which that would be the wife. That would be the wife. Because his last name was Harper. Was his last name so, Harper? So Sally. Her name yeah. is Sally. Sally Baker. Wait, hold on. So the yeah, mom so is he... Sally Baker, and then um, yeah, Louise Harper. Okay, is Louise the wife. Harper was the uh, yeah, okay. So Louise Harper was the younger one, or whatever was the uh, the, the I same mean, age to me. <laughs> yeah, um, she was uh, she was played by Anne Tremco. Yeah, and she was. Uh, I, I was like, I, like she looked familiar to me, but I couldn't tell what she was from and like how I knew her. And it was from Saved by the Bell, the new class. So totally, 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 totally get that. But she was in that. She was in Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Yeah, she yeah. was in uh, the the member of the wedding, some TV movie, and uh, the TV show The District. So um, I kind of wish. Ah. That one so, of them had been like a redhead or had long black hair or something to have set them apart. They, they, I really got the two confused all the time. So a- Apex, it's the Time Guardian and it stars Carrie Fisher. There we go. Okay, I know that was bothering you. Um, yeah. So then we've got <laughs> Isaac Hayes, which was awesome. Isaac and the Hayes. whole time I even told John that like uh, the whole time I kept wanting to go. Well, hello, children. <laughs> Chef. Yeah. Um, is chef there, but like I love seeing boys him come the... with me to the Scientology Center. That's come yes. with me. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but you can't say that because he'll come Jimmy. back from the dead and try to kill you. Uh. <laughs> um, and then uh, so we know Isaac Hayes from South Park, but he's also an escape from uh, New York. He's Reindeer Game, Shaft, uh, and uh, Robin Hood Prince, Prince uh, Men in Tights. Which probably isn't something he wants to put on his thing, but you know, it's fun. Uh, and then we've got Timothy Bottoms. Yep. You know, which was awesome to see him. Last um, but he was a and... weird teacher. Yeah, last picture show and um, uh, up from the depths, uh, Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I was thinking Apocalypse Now. <clears throat> that too. Uh, the elephant, uh, elephant, not elephant man, but elephant. The the movie about the. Uh, the oh, high the school Columbine students, kids. like yeah, the Columbine kids one. That was, that was a good film. Um, it was so in... funny the other night. He was he 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 misremembered something that you said. He's like, yeah, John Ward said he was never going to see the Elephant Man ever again. And I'm like, the Elephant Man? Why? That's such a great movie. And he was like, because he hates it. He thinks it's really weird and stupid. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh wait, it's not the Elephant Man. It's uh. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said it was the one that the, the crying baby one, yeah, uh, crying mutant eraser head, eraser head. Elephant Man. I, I I saw as a kid. I saw it yeah. when it originally came out in the theater, and I bawled my eyes out. I don't know why uh, I got those two mixed up. I mean. and, and, and yeah, that's that's the film that got to uh, David Lynch. Um. I mean, they're both David Lynch films, but I'm just saying, like, Mel, they're... Mel Brooks. I was produced... very confused. Oh yeah, no, no, Eraserhead got him Elephant Man because Mel Brooks produced Elephant Man. Right. But right. I, yeah, I, I think I think Eraserhead is is beautifully shot and everything, but I just don't want to hear that freaking mutant baby crying for two hours or however long it is. I just I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, I like forced myself to finish that movie. All right. So, so uh, after that, we've got uh, Tim Grimm. Uh, who played um, Ralph? And for the longest time, I didn't know his name, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" You know, he's like the, the he's like the, uh, I don't forgot what he does. He does some kind of tax thing or or something. And he was like the boyfriend of the mom, you know, and the kid doesn't like him or whatever. 
and keeps calling him stupid. You're you're an idiot. Shut up. <laughs> I'm like, good God. What? Hit him. Yeah. Little bastard. Yeah. Smack that little brat. Um, yeah, he's being a little a-hole. It, it, it's like, dude, you're being just as big of a dick as your as your you know uncle is. Yeah. Well, no, but that's I think that's the thing. Because like he you was think sort that's of, intentional? Yeah, I think that was intentional because you have to have some sort of arc where the character like totally changes in some way, and he does, but it's sort of like all of a sudden, oh yeah, you're your uncle was a dick. Your uncle did all these things. No, he didn't. No, yeah, he not. did. Okay, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that quick. That's where the death of one of them would have would have cemented that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been good. Would have I don't yeah, know why they didn't do it. I don't know why they didn't kill one of the parents, the things. But Maybe it, it, it should have probably been the aunt, is what I'm thinking, because the wife, and then he kills Uncle Sam kills his his wife, the aunt, right in front of the kid. Or at least attacks yep. them, you know? Yeah, they didn't even do that. Well, like, you, you need loss. I mean, nobody, none of our main characters die. So. Yeah, yeah all the, like, supporting characters and, and people, like, I mean, Timothy Bottoms got it and stuff like that, but, like, no. I don't nobody... want to get into the deaths being cheesy but and bad, but they are cheesy and bad. Well, I was sort of disappointed that you never see um, Bo Hopkins die. You just see that he's dead. And I was like, right. really? You saved his death for off screen? Like, he's the military guy. There should have been more, <clears throat> you know, there should have been a death by he him. should have been saluted know? to death. <laughs> So did did you notice that uh, that the Patriot that Mel Gibson movie ripped off the the flagpole in the chest? Because yeah. <laughs> it's ninety six, the Patriot is two thousand. Totally ripped it off. You know, Mel Gibson was watching Uncle Sam before he did the Patriot. You know, you had to watch. All the I, I wouldn't doubt movies. it. He's he's all a religious nut and everything, so I could see him being all patriotic and wanting to watch and Uncle Sam. The other thing I wanted to point out is the overuse of explosions. You know, like at one point, Isaac Hayes is like arguing with the Uncle Sam and his Uncle Sam throws him through the closet. For some reason, there's a bunch of little mini explosions going on. Like what happened there? Did he hit the box of grenades that was the kid was stashing? And then the cannon scene, you know, those cannons shoot cannonballs, which are fucking either hollow or they've got or they're or they're full lead shot. But they're not explosives. They're certainly not those explosive tank rounds that went off and fire all over the place. That's not how it works at all. Yeah. At all, at all, at all. I don't know. I've never I've never shot a cannon into my house. So I can say what would happen. The cannonballs but... do not explode. Shells explode. Okay. Makes sense. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah. See, and they're heavy too. And they're heavy as hell. Yeah, I wonder if uh if that's in the goof section. Um Yep. <laughs> Cannonballs like those being fired from the cannon by Jed do not explode. That's in the goofs. <laughs> uh, that's the first goof on here, uh, let alone explode a half dozen times as Leslie's home did. Yeah. Um, Barry, who is supposed to be blind, takes the food given to him by his parents at the 4th of July rally without any verbal prompt as if he can see it. You know, it's because his, his senses are enhanced. So he, he, he can smell the food. Yeah. So he, oh, it's right there. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. That's that's what people would say. Maybe. Hey, man, you can smell a weenie when it's coming in. Continuity. Your your monkey would love this. Where's your monkey? Do you have it? Do you have your monkey? 
All right, squeak it, because Uncle Sam's pants go from red and white to black and white just yes, before the do. final showdown. Um, and then when the dramatic red lit close-ups of the congressman's hands being strapped to the fireworks, that was actually pretty cool. That fireworks death by the congressman, that, that was probably why... Um, uh, that made that? sense for a lot of explosions. That wasn't Timothy Bottoms, was it? No, that, that was, was Robert, Robert Foster. Robert Foster. Robert oh, Forster. Oh. Forster. Robert Forster's character, which we forgot to mention him, but you know, this was right before uh, Jackie Brown, which this right. movie wasn't the thing that resurrected his career. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> one know. extreme to the other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Quentin Tarantino watched this movie, goes, Come here, Robert. We can do better. I felt so bad you here. Let me help you out. Yeah, well, help you. T- Tarantino was like the resur- you know, the the resurrection guy. I mean, he, he right. restarted Travolta's career, and and the guy, God, what is his name? The guy who was supposed to do it before Tarantino backed out. Um, he was God. He was huge in the seventies. I'm gonna have to look him up. Um, because now this is driving me nuts. But he was huge, and and he became homeless and a drug addict, and. And uh, um, he was compared to James Dean, and uh, he wouldn't do it. So then Tarantino went to to Travolta. Oh, for to, for oh wow for okay. Pulp Fiction. For Pulp Fiction, I didn't yeah. know there was somebody else. I always thought it was always the way I've always heard it from Tarantino himself. It was always Travolta. You know, he wrote it for Travolta. no. There, there was. Uh, um... I. I... I don't oh, wait, know how true your, your thing is or not, but... Maybe Travolta was supposed to play the congressman. I know. I mean, Travolta was always going to play that part because uh, Bruce Willis wanted uh, John Travolta's part. And he said... Christopher... Uh, not Christopher Reeves. <laughs> no, Christopher... I'm, I'm going to find it. You guys continue yep. talking. I'm going to find it. Uh, <laughs> don't want to kill this thing, but. Um, uh, we, but it, we go off on our tangents sometimes. I know. Oh, 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 oh. I know the movie. Um... <laughs> and silence. It again. sucks getting old, folks. Trust me. <laughs> Christopher. Is that the movie Barry... title or? No, no, that's the guy's first name. Uh, Barry Williams actually has like a small part in when he's a kid. Uh, Peter Tork is actually has a sm- has a walk on. It was done in the seventies. Uh, uh, um, Let's the see if I can find is, it before is, you find it because you the should government is run by children. The voting age is now down to like twelve. Um, no, 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 no. You said seventies, all right, and uh, Christopher. Um, uh, Oh, uh, oh, the Brady Bunch guy. Yeah, yeah. Look, look under, um, look under him. Uh, are you talking about uh, Christopher Knight? No. Oh. <laughs> no, no. It's the guy no. who played Greg. Um, this guy who played okay. That's Barry Williams who played Greg. And you said he was in a movie. Who, by the this... way, I got to see live on stage singing. Um, Wild in the Streets. He plays young Max Frost. Christopher Jones. There we go. Christopher Jones. I don't know that name. I don't know that guy. If you've not seen Wild in the Streets, you need to see it. I I have the soundtrack and I listen to it all the time. It is an awesome flag. 
you could you know, you said seventies, it's nineteen sixty eight, so that's what you <laughs> know, I was trying to trying to look it up. So okay. I should have looked up sixties, but I didn't see anything. Well, I shouldn't have said seventies, I should have said sixty, yeah, like like sixty nine, sixty eight, because Peter Tork has a cameo yeah. in it. So and that so, would have been like yeah. sixty eight. And see, that's how he knows it because it's a monkeys guy. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I I know it because it was it was I heard it was a great film and I looked it up and I watched uh, one of the music videos from it where where um, he sings and All Christopher right. Jones sings. So, so it's, it's a great film. Jones. If you haven't seen it, once, right. Christopher Jones. We'll have to we'll have to look that up at some point. But um, so anyway, <laughs> go back to Uncle Sam, the movie we're talking about, um, and not you <laughs> Stay know, on Stay, yeah, exactly. Well, yesterday we didn't stay on target for our project, so for our, our last yeah. one, we completely went off the rails. Well, that's because we're so amateur, according to some folks. Yeah, we're not <laughs> saying that. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. sorry, everyone's that's entitled okay. to their opinion. Everybody's well, entitled. I mean, how, how much is there to say about Uncle Sam? I mean, you either like it or you don't. It's it, it, it's it's directing is fine. It's writing is is fine. The effects are good. Joe Castro was one of the people who did the special effects in it. That's cool. You know, it it had some okay murders. Was this like uh, one of Joe's early, like early, early works? Like it might be because it says like effects guy, then it lists one person, and then below it, um, there's like a bunch of people, and he's like the last guy. Uh, I wonder if he's the one who came up with the idea of when Uncle Sam gets his pins, he pins it onto his flesh instead of onto his uniform. I didn't quite understand that other than the fact that it's an icky idea because he's sadistic. Yeah. Okay. But usually when you're sadistic, you're sadistic to somebody else. If if you're doing it to yourself, you're masochistic. Yeah, that's true. Also, we forgot to mention my favorite scene in the whole movie is the fucking stilts guy. Yes. The reason, the reason to bring tits into the movie. Yes. (laughs) The guy's peeping Tom is checking out stealing uh, from animal house, but that's okay. Yeah. And then he falls down or whatever. Did did you see, did you stay through the credits? Yeah. You see him actually fall and for real, you know, and like a crew member runs over. It might be the best part of the whole movie. What? (laughs) Might be the best part of the whole movie. The end, yeah. end, end of the movie where he just falls but down. We, but we had to figure, you know, we had to find out how, you know, Uncle Sam got his Uncle Sam suit. Right. right. You got so. his Uncle Sam suit. And I honestly, I would have been, it wouldn't have been easy for him to stalk his prey, but how cool would it be to it have a be. fucking serial killer with, you know, on stilts? You know, <laughs> I mean, he could have killed the, the Abraham Lincoln guy and walked around with Abraham Lincoln suit on with a fake beard and top hat and everything. But then he's not Uncle Sam. That's true. There Abraham is a Lincoln. low budget slasher film that's that's Abraham Lincoln is. I think it's called President's Day. Nice. Yes. Uh, directed by the guy who did um, uh, the uh, uh, Call Girl of Cthulhu and bunch of other stuff um i love that i love that I guy love sean c phillips is in it and and whatnot and that's why, why why you gotta sign and, things because that's he was popular today like he was getting it i like i like president's day, I president's day i've was. never seen it I, I only know of it i've never seen it yeah it's it's fun i i, I think i got a copy of it beforehand because of my radio show I was reviewing it for or i was chatting with the director and stuff so i really liked it um i think back in the day it wasn't even called president's day it was called something else so mm. they changed it to president's day because 
just well, called I mean, Abe. If, if this is all going to be centered around Fourth of July, of course it's going to have to be Uncle, Uncle Sam, Sam because who else is it going to be? And there's nobody really else unless maybe George Washington. Maybe. Well, see, I mean, with Thanksgiving you have the turkey, like Thanksgiving, but you can also have pilgrims, killer pilgrims, killer <laughs> Indians or, or Native Americans. <laughs> I would love to see killer pilgrims or something. You know, killing people with pumpkin pies and such. What? Killer Pilgrims, yeah, Pilgrims Day. Yeah. How about um, instead of George Washington, it's George Washington Carver, uh, killing with peanuts. Yeah, and he's going around. Yeah, because he created. Yeah, since he invented peanut butter and 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 like a white person stole or that he goes that he goes Francis around killing people. Scott Key, serial killer. Which one? Francis Scott Key. And Wasn't he goes around killing people with a key. There you go. <laughs> but isn't that the was that this guy did the song right? That they right. were saying he didn't do anything. He's only they're, done that one song. They're, they're, you know, they're, right? They're I'm like, song. I don't know. Like, well, nobody it's, likes it's, it anymore. Yeah. It's funny how people don't make more on holidays. Like there is only to my what are there more Fourth of July? Like slasher movies. I don't think so. I think this I is, think as so. far as I know, it's the only one. That that fad fortunately has faded away. I mean, the greatest Which is sad. one that I've, I would that like I've, somebody to bring back holiday killer movies. They could. The best Fourth of July horror film I've seen is The Bay. And oh, that's directed by Barry Levinson, Academy oh. Award winning Barry nice. Levinson. It's a found footage film about uh, uh, these. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures of fish and they have like the little parasite inside. Right. Like their mouth. At, and it's about those things. And they get oh. into people. Nice. It's really good. But that's Fourth um, of July. But why not do another Fourth of July? Just because there's one, like Memorial Day, only has one. But see, what else could the killer be? Just a person who likes Fourth of July and doesn't like people not celebrating it, and it's not Uncle Sam, you know? Like you could have Tate. Hey, today was Pie National Pie Day. You could have a pie killer running around killing people. You know, three point four one four people with uh killing toxic pie yeah, yeah. He, he takes the pie and suffocates them and then another person he flips the metal pie plate and it cuts their head off and one has a toxic pie he just puts the toxic pie there and there's ah, ah, toxic yeah. pie. Yeah. i mean you could do a lot of things with these kind of movies but then you'd have to do what paul likes which is you'd have to kill the people who oh, don't like pie you know so anybody who or doesn't like it. pie Someone they deserve to, deserve to die it. But anybody who loves pie can live. There you go. There's the tagline. Don't like pie, deserve to die. Oh, I like it. Now, <laughs> oh. what if one of the people are diabetic and they can't eat pie? You can still have sugar-free pie. But see, if they don't Damn like it, pie because they can't eat it because they're diabetic, that's different. They're, they're, they're yeah, I'm sick. sure they love to have pie. They, they want to have pie. They just can't have pie. That would so that's why, that's why the person can beg the killer. Maybe that maybe the killer I is diabetic. It, maybe the killer is diabetic and he's, he's going around jealous. killing everybody who doesn't like pie because he can't have it and he's upset right. and jealous and he's mad. So he's killing everybody. Who's... And he sees everybody as pie, <laughs> like giant pies. Like in his head, like, <laughs> yeah, they're just like crazy. a giant cherry pie, like a giant pecan oh, pie. Jesus. All right, all right, we're going. To... And, and, and he uses that scooper to like scoop out the pie. Scoops oh, out boy. their brains. Scoops out their hey. brains like pie. Um. All right. <laughs> we we, have, we I think whenever we're on a show with you, uh, John, we just start thinking of other ideas for movies, and then you <laughs> you go off and say, "I'm going to make I, that." 
And then told you, you this was going to be a wild and woolly episode. <laughs> I thought so too. Like I, I don't know. It's it's uh, I, like okay. So John had told me before what he thought of this movie. I totally forgot. You know <laughs> whether or not. And just like my brain, my brain just doesn't remember. You know, unless it's something I feel like I have to remember. I just totally forgot. Then he was like, so you remember? And I go, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> I remember. And then Paul Paul was like, this, you know, this movie is terrible, but, but whatever. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, so I was like, oh, I wonder what John's going to think. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to agree. You know? Well, I, I, I didn't turn it down, but I did, I did turn down Eraserhead. So. Well, yeah, you turned down Eraserhead. <laughs> I don't know that I would call this a terrible movie. I think it is, like I said, it is very it's not. well made. It's disappointing as hell. Yeah. Because we know everybody involved in this film, from the writer, the director, everybody, the actors, everyone has done better things. Has done quality stuff. So I mean, this was a paycheck movie for the actors. Yeah, this was a this was a just like not put put but together you, but you movie. But you have to somewhat, I mean, maybe, you know, they like the director. Maybe they, you know, they say hey, it's Larry Cohen. And, you know, some right. people are, are on board, you know, just because of that. Yeah, so I, I would be. I know. I know you would be, Paul. You'd be like, oh, my God, Larry I mean, Cohen, I'm down. I mean, look at Alligator. You know, Robert Forrester was in that. And that was John Sayles. So That's who wrote that? Movie. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's difficult to say. And a lot of people like this. I, I know. I think when I put up. The the uh, um, the blue underground purchase that I did, you, you could see Uncle Sam. I think it was like Madeline Deering was just like, I love that movie, and other people are like, Oh, Madeline Uncle Sam Deering great. loves every movie. <laughs> Madeline no matter Deering. how bad a movie I show Madeline Deering, she'll be, This is great. I there's, love it. There's two people in this world that I love to death who just <laughs> love everything everybody makes. Like I never hear them if they do say something like. They support everybody, especially indie filmmakers. And that's wonderful. And that's Madeline Deering, who I love and we love. And we, we love having on the show. Paul gets frustrated because he wants to, like, you know, say these things we can't. Because she loves loves them, and she does. And she talks about it it's so sweet. Then there's people like Matt Skinner, who loves everything that, you know, that gets put out. And I appreciate that. I love that. I just can't. I, like I can't, can't if I'm going to be honest, I can't be you that. know, I, I can't think like this, you know, but, some of these movies, but not everything is good and not, not everything is the, the best movie ever made. You know, and we've, we know William Lustig can do better, much better right. than this. We know Larry Cohen can do much better than this. So yeah, it's just, this was just, it was just not good. It was just not, and this happens people, even professionals, they have a flop every now and again, and that's that's what this is. This is a flop. Hey, me and Madeline Deering are recording our episode of The Dentist. We're reviewing The Dentist tomorrow, and I know she loves that movie, but that's for one of the ones where we talk about movies I, we like, we love. I you know, I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't I, seen I, it yet, I, so I, I can't, I I can't say anything yet. I, I, I own the double disc of that, the new one that came out from Vestron Video, and, and it's... I've never seen parts one and two. I still haven't seen part two yet, but um, I've, I don't know why people love that movie so much. I, I, I don't. Gordon I watched it. He's fine. <laughs> you know, he's, he's I've okay. got vampire dentist. That's the one I want to show you, Mr. Moody. 
Yeah, I know. I and that's the one we're supposed to do with Madeline Deering too, because she right. loves she loves that uh the what is it, the one we watched the the one that we Marina <laughs> Monster Marina Monster oh God was that a ta- Ward, was that a thirty was, Marina Monster if yeah that was a thirty that was so bad. Uh, so why so why do people like this film so much? Why do people like Uncle Sam so much? Why is it kind of like a cult classic? I don't know. I can't it's, tell you. It's bad as a horror film. It's bad as a comedy. It's pretty much bad in everything. I mean, I, yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I, I I think maybe because we brought up Jack Frost. Well, the killer and that's a dick at the beginning, is a dick in the middle, and he's a dick at the end. Maybe it's the actor maybe it's the dialogue maybe it's that we like jack frost that we like the killer snowman you know we I like think the, the maybe... personality for, for but we don't like jack this frost's faults and there are faults in that film it's a much better written film yes, i so. would say so well Which, yeah the guy the guy who wrote it actually has written some big stuff now yeah which is funny because i i have a feeling especially on my viewing of the stinkometer this movie, um, this movie will get a lower stink rating as than Jack Frost, but it's a worse movie than Jack Frost. You it know, happens. It happens. Um, it's just it, it's because it's competently done. Yeah, and that's the problem. Well, there yeah. was love. I think that like the film, like the people who were making the film, really enjoyed making Jack Frost. And even yeah. and, and, and I don't get bucks, that from this. Two million yeah. bucks is still. I mean, back in the ni- mid nineties, that's still that's still a pretty half decent budget. Mm-hmm. You know, not not Hollywood level, but still. Well, speaking of which, we're gonna go. We're gonna go into our stakeometer score right now because kind of already above our time you know thing but you know whatever it's actually nice to do longer episodes sometimes you know and we've been doing that a lot this season actually i hear they like them longer anyway that's what she said that's Um, what he said oh wait (laughs) that that can be what he said too that um so paul please explain to the viewers at home listeners at home what you the stinkometer is so our stinkometer is the way we rate our our movies we take three scores from our three viewers and we rate them on a one to 10, by which the lower the score, the better the film, uh, the higher the score, the stinkier the film. Although we love our stinky movies, the higher score tends to mean that there are a lot more problems with it. And if you think that the movie's kind of meh in between, you might give it a midway score of five or six. And if you're feeling subtle about your score, not really sure, you could give it a half step, a, Five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, something like that. And then we total it all up and we see what the score totals are and where it ranks with the movies of this particular season. And then we see where along the lines of the ladder to stinky heaven that it goes. We'll a 30 is the one that's going to get you in the stinky heaven, but the rest is going to be put you on the ladder. So we'll see where yeah. this goes. I don't think this one makes it to stinky heaven, unfortunately. No, no, not even. I don't think even close necessarily. Like, um, but uh, uh, John, do you want to start off? You want to give no, us yours? No, no, I'm 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 interested <laughs> in what you guys are saying. So okay, you. How about you, Paul? You go. It is very competently made. Um, very disappointing. Acting was actually pretty decent. Some of the direction I thought was was perfectly fine. There were some problems with regards, in my opinion, to some of the special effects. It, the main issue was the half baked, not even half baked script that was just 
bad and the fact that I couldn't stand any of the characters and had nobody to identify with and just did not care about anyone in the film. But it was well made. So I'm going to give it a seven. I think a seven is a it's got enough stink to it, but it's nothing like an eight or nine or a ten. Yeah. So I was I was thinking, you know, originally six. Right. So I was originally thinking six and I was like, that's where I'm going to be. Then the more we talked, you know, about this movie and the problems that it did have with it and everything. And the fact that it just, you know, it was just sort of a it was kind of a little bit above a blah movie, you know. And everything, but I'm gonna give it a seven as well because I I feel like it should have been a lot better than it was, oh, yeah. and it just was, you know, it it just fell short of like, because I I think if they had made it more fun and made the uh, killer have those quirky, um, you know, uh, Freddy Krueger type one liners and stuff like that, I might have enjoyed it because of its tropes, but just didn't have any of that yeah, and that's I just a magic felt like word it, it fell it flat didn't really and, have much fun and even my buddy vittorio was like this wasn't a good movie you know <laughs> and i was like and he's seen some some stuff and he's actually he's always sort of applauded indie film you know for whatever but he was just like this just wasn't a, a good movie and i was like it really wasn't was it like i wanted it to be you know i like my i like my blue underground blu-ray because i can um it's got the commentaries and different stuff and i yeah, love hearing that I'm very curious to see so that i think will be the best part of the blu-ray <clears throat> I, I think i'll be listening to that more than i'll be actually watching the movie maybe we should for another episode for like maybe another fourth of july or something like that is listen to the audio commentary mm. and then do a video on that to see what what they say because i sounds I like a the... patreon only episode yeah oh. okay. have... yeah like, like right. I would never. I don't really care about listening to the audio commentary unless there's a reason to, like, yeah. doing a review or something. That then, then I would do it. Just, All right. Well, what about you, John? I was gonna go five because I thought it was just kind of meh, and and but I'm gonna go six. You know, six. That's yeah, a fair yeah, one. I, like six. I said, I was gonna go six, but. It's a little stinkier than six to me. Yeah, because I, I agree with Paul. It's not a horrible movie and it's competently made. And, you know, it does have a beginning, middle and end. And, you know, most of the effects look pretty good. And there's not really horrible acting in it, even though the people are obnoxious. But it, it's just. That's just the way they were written. Yeah. That's not the way. Exactly. Like, And yeah. they did a great job being obnoxiously. You know, although like, I think the kid did bug you more than it bugged the rest of us. Oh, that kid is yeah. It, it just I'm sorry. I judge people. I, I do. Uh-huh. I judge people all the time, and and I, so I judge does them Paul. For their, Paul judges for their, their houses, and I I judge them for mostly their their looks. Like, do I want like the movie Smile, Kevin Bacon's daughter? It's just like I don't want to watch 90 minutes of a girl who looks like she's about to throw her sandwich up, you know, because she looks so anorexic that that it was uncomfortable to watch and 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 i openly said that about the film and and so because so i i judge people all the time and and for me that that kid was if he was the best actor wow but he was so wimpy looking and so like and he had a girl name so like i think literally he was probably written to be a girl and an actress and they 
just either went with a boy and they just didn't change the name or something and they didn't change the character at all you know and stuff and just left it like that so that's my yeah that's a, my a thought for kid would have been nice especially with wanting to be his you know mimicking right his, and being into uncle. like the military i'm gonna enlist in the military no you're not kid your, your arms are this thick i mean come on i mean i'm glad you, that you, he you went off hold a gun I'm glad he went off to do SLC Punk and some other things because, you know, that I that I I think maybe helped his, you know, continue to help his career. I, I guess. OK, so maybe I should rephrase it. I don't have anything against the actor himself, but I guess it's more of they chose him for this role that maybe or they exactly made him match. look where they made him look the way they did, too. Like, you know, and everything. he didn't really that look made... that different than the two women. Honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. I think they kind of made him, but also, I, I mean, if you think about it, he yeah. doesn't have like a man in his life. The man that that was in his life. Well, died, that's you okay. Know. Good point. So maybe maybe well, that is it. So that was, there, so the mom's a little. He's a little more, fem, you know, effeminate. There there were two men. It's just that he does a. He doesn't like either one of them, and b the 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 ladies because they've had all of this PTSD with the last dude. They won't let them get into their lives very much. So. Yeah. Oh man, like one woman was very frigid. Like every time the guy came, like the mother, but every time the the guy came to like try to kiss her or something, she like would walk away. That's the whatever. Aunt. Yeah, yeah, that that's the yeah. Well, uh, both I think did that. You know, because the one girl I did think it. it, I think... it was more the aunt was the one that was like really cool. Like I he, mean, you know, he went to grab her and she just kind of moved away. And... No, but she he she at least kissed him because are you they're talking about the aunt was the one that was. Uh, like with the with the cop, right? She at least gave him a kiss or whatever. If but I'm mean, correct, the sister, yeah, the, yeah to kind of the just do it. Sister has been, right. you know, abused since she was six years old. So Jesus Christ, I mean, I'm surprised she has any positive reactions with men at all. I mean, that's yeah. just horrific. That's that's some deep seated, you know, uh, trauma to have to work out. You know what I mean? That's that's terrible. So, yeah, it's they they could have gone a little bit more into that, you know, but right. they didn't do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think if this had been more of a family horror drama sort of thing, this would have been more effective. Um, it wouldn't have had as much comedy, but then there really wasn't any comedy to begin with. So yeah. get rid of the comedy. You know what I mean? And just kind of go for this as like more of a revenant, like an evil revenant coming back to finish off what he started with the the sister and then the wife you know what i mean and then the, the the kid thinks that he's something that he's not and then learns the hard way and you you could have done something better i wonder if because this is one of the last movies that william lustig directed i think this is the last film he ever actually directed which makes me wonder if like this movie was so bad that and so well like didn't he oh, yeah. receive that well that he was just like i'm done you know, which kind of sucks, honestly, because I feel like uh, William's a much better director. This shouldn't he's have been his around. last. He's still mm-hmm. around. He, he's, he's well, he's Blue Underground. He yeah. created Blue Underground. He, yeah. He's he created... a film historian now. He does. Uh, uh, he used to work with Cliff a lot at uh, at Scream uh, 
factory and shout factory uh, and, and a, then he started blue underground he's a perfect guy the week if we could get him on to interview for indie film cafe spotlight let's just like like not let him hear this interview for this review first <laughs> well we're you not know. criticizing him we're saying the film you know yeah. it is, you know there's nothing wrong with the directing it's okay it's it's mostly the it's sadly mostly the script so yeah yeah, yeah. Which i mean who knows maybe because he that's was larry cohen for hire yeah yeah, maybe I've just I'm, been paid to do it, and and you know, yeah, and like I said, good I, questions. I get the feeling Cohen knew him, himself knew that this was not his best work. It was probably just never finished, and it never it never went the way it would have he would have liked it to have gone. It's just it just feels very half baked. Yeah, for sure. You know. All right, everybody. Well, that about wraps it up. Um, John, thank you once again for an awesome episode. Of course, um, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. Yes. So I am trying to get my monkey. Uh, didn't need him too much, other than the the few little gaffes. It was pretty clean, pretty clean movie. Copy well, yeah, that's the, the problem with it. It was very well made and yeah. uh, should have been better. You know, should have been um, better. And that I think, honestly, that goes to show you guys that even a, a movie can look good. You can see it. You can hear it. You can, you know, it's got explosives and really cool death scenes, whatever. It can still fall short if the writing and the act or, the you know, some of the stuff is just not as up to par, um, you know. Yeah. So um, acting was okay, but it wasn't. You know, not, nobody was was winning me over with the acting, you know, um, or anything. Not even, not even Uncle Sam himself, you know. Which I was just kind of bummed. He was just kind of a boring killer, you know. Was. Like anybody could be him, you know, in a way, and and he didn't have a personality. So, bummer. Um, but we did have cannonballs that made houses explode. So, yeah. Would know. would it be better if he? if he was just uncle sam like the actual like that like, like what paul has but it's not a mask like he's literally uncle sam from the poster like from the i he want comes out from the poster that'd be cool but you have to give like, it some kind of like background that, that would have worked in the vietnam era when you had all of these damn hippies you know protesting against the war and being non-patriotic he could have risen up as a spirit of revenge and gone after and started killing some of them that could have been an interesting film Maybe that was the original film. You know, it wasn't the script we got, but that was the, you know, that would have been, that would have been cool. Yeah, you don't, you never know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Once again, thank you, Paul. Um, I, I, I had a feeling, I almost had a feeling you would say no to this movie, <laughs> but because this is our first movie that we're going to actually have on 4th of July, you know, which I think is pretty cool. I, I was pretty sure you'd say, yes. Oh, you yeah. know, but, I mean, it wasn't like a teen-oriented drama or or horror movie, so you know, I'm I'm usually down for that. Yeah, you hate teen slasher movies and stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, there were teens, but you know, they weren't the the sole purpose of it. So no. anyway, well, thank you guys so much. For oh, joining well, us. I'm sorry. I'll quickly say this: we're, we are an idiot, by the way. What? We're we're idiots, by the way. Well, we know that. Yeah, because yeah. because because we're saying like like well, what other slasher films are on the Fourth of July? Is this this must be it? There's a little franchise called "I Know What You Did Last Summer." 
Yeah. I, I, I almost don't, <laughs> uh, even though those are, yes, each evidence, every single one of them takes place on 4th of July. For some reason, I just still don't think about it, you know? I've only ever seen the first one, and I didn't like it, so... Yeah, I you didn't like Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, she was so I like Sarah Michelle Geller, yeah, sure. But Jennifer Love huge tits. I mean, you know, Hewitt, <gasps> Hewitt. Those, those, those teen oriented things like Scream and all that, they're just, they're not my cup of tea. Oh, man. I, I, I did love her. What are you waiting for? Let me push my breasts out. Let me wait. She did it even twice. And please don't forget, because we did mention Sean C. Phillips, Ghost Shark takes oh, place yeah. on the 4th of July. Yeah. Well, that's not a franchise. But a no, cool, but but we did cool. bring him up, so I figured yes. I would. I just about, looked up. What about evil fireworks that come back to life and kill people? They they instead of going come, off, come they, to life. They Don't come they can to come life and they explode life. on people and kill them. Like like somebody throws them and they blow up and then they kind of just go. Yeah, and so we like kind of like instead of bad CGI shark, you have these CGI fireworks that you know. They shoot up, but then they go to look for victims to explode. That's, that, I mean, you're coming it's up stupid. with ideas, but I, I ain't gonna make that. <laughs> and then, he, dude, somebody go make killer fireworks. You killer know. fireworks. Nobody's done it. Nobody's done it yet. Fireworks of death. You know, I mean, they've done llamas. I mean, they might as well do. They've done llamas twice. Barn of the Blood Llama. And, you know, Lamageddon, so they might as well do fireworks at this rate. I mean, you know, why why not a uh, a killer microwave or a killer uh, a killer well, toaster? They already had microwave massacre, but I don't think was that wasn't a killer microwave, right? Mm, it was just used as the the tool to kill people, right? I'm saying like a a, a microwave that comes to life and kills people, grows legs, toaster that comes to life and kills people. I'm, people. I'm like I'm like a was Steve Carell in uh, Anchorman. I'm just literally looking around at things and saying, I like them. And <laughs> I, I love Lamp. I love Lamp. I love, I love uh, Lamp. TV, TV that kills people. You know, fucking tea kettle. I couldn't see a people. microwave. I could see a toaster. That I could see. Well, they did in Ghostbusters too. They had a toaster that bopped around and was alive. It's kind of cool. See? Precedence has already been set. Yes. All, All right. right. Well, there we go. Okay. All right, everybody. Then we're done. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Join us uh, next Monday. Uh, this was on a Tuesday. So we really appreciate it. You guys being here. Until then. Bye. Bye. Bye.